then, and she didn't like it now, but she kept her eyes shut. Nanny moved quickly, her steps sure and steady. Are your eyes closed? She whispered. They're closed, Nanny, they are. Nanny walked, and Aileen bounced against her shoulder. The woman pressed a hand against the back of her head and shoved Aileen's nose into her neck. Too hard. She couldn't breathe. Can I open them now? Not yet. Nanny's voice sounded thick, like she had something in her throat and was trying to talk around it. Not yet. Nanny's chest heaved and Aileen heard her sniffle. She struggled against Nanny's hold and broke free. She leaned back to look at Nanny in spite of Nanny telling her to keep her eyes closed and was shocked to see her face wet with tears. Nanny, I want me, ma'am. Nanny renewed her grip on the back of her head and pushed her back into her shoulder, trying to keep her from seeing. Don't look, don't look. But Aileen struggled free of the hold and looked. She saw her da on the floor, the stain on his chest still a bright red, his eyes empty yet staring at the ceiling. Da! Da! She reached for him, but Nanny was moving her farther and farther away. Lenov, don't look. Don't look. Daddy! Chapter 1. Present-day Ireland, Rock Moran Castle, County Mayo, September. The knock on the door jerked 90-year-old Ian Burke out of his afternoon nap. He sat up and blinked at the shadow moving toward the foot of his bed. It took him a moment to realize it was Hugh McCourt, his faithful assistant. They didn't call themselves servants these days. What is it? How is your headache? Ian pressed a hand to his temple. It's eased a bit. Is that why you woke me? Of course not. There's a visitor here to see you. Ian frowned. I don't do visitors, Hugh, you know that. I do know that, but I'm making a judgment call on this. He's a member of the Gardaí. The Gardaí? The Irish police. What does he want with me? Ian slid out of bed and pulled on the robe Hugh held out to him. He might be ninety years old, but he still commanded respect, with his straight shoulders and razor-sharp mind. I believe it has something to do with your granddaughter. Ian froze. Elaine, he whispered. Indeed? What kind of news does he have? I don't know, he wouldn't tell me. He said he would only speak to you. I allowed him to wait in your office. I hope that's all right. Of course. Curiosity and old grief ate at him. Ian threw off the robe that covered the lounge pants and T-shirt that he found himself wearing more often than not. I need to dress. Fifteen minutes later, Ian stepped out of his bedroom, dressed in his favorite pair of khakis and a crisp collared shirt, to walk down the stone-lined hallway to the other end of the house. He stopped at the entrance to his office to whisper a prayer. Please let this be good news. He breathed in, then out, and entered his office. A young man dressed in full Garde uniform set down his tea and stood from his perch on the love seat. He pulled his cap from his head and gave a slight bow. Thank you for seeing me. Ian motioned for the man to sit. I hear you have news of my granddaughter. I think so. She's been dead for twenty-five years. What kind of news could you possibly have? Let me start with an introduction. 
My name is Duncan O'Brien. I work in the cold case department and I've come across something that I thought you might find interesting. So my dear Aileen is a cold case. He sniffed. Of course she was. Her murderer had never been found. O'Brien cleared his throat. And I asked for this case in particular because I've had an interest in it since I was very young. Why is that, lad? Because I was supposed to be on the bus for that failed trip. Ian felt himself pale, but stood statue still. The young officer cleared his throat. The flu had been going around me class. I'd fallen ill with it the night before the trip, and ma'am kept me home. I remember Aileen clearly. She was my friend. Ian fell silent for a moment as he felt the emotions of that long-ago day wash over him. It had been twenty-five years since the bus carrying his granddaughter and her nanny had exploded and killed all 27 people on board.